met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face. The blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. I'm your old General Lee. Uh, and for tonight, we are uh, tackling uh, part two of the occult symbolism um, in the NRO with my dude, the phenomenal uh, Lux of Lux Rising podcast. Now then, Lux. Hey, hey. Hey, you okay, mate? Yeah, we got uh, part two of this. I, I think probably eventually it's going to be a three parter. So we'll, we'll see. The more, I'll tell you what, the feedback we got from that part one was, well, I, I, you know, I saw you a um, couple of screenshots of etc. Um, it went down very well, which I didn't doubt it, but anyway, it was, um, it was, it was incredible, mate. I loved it. I loved it. Uh, everything about it. I'm really it's glad so that People liked it. It's a subject that, I mean, I've heard others cover it, um, especially with the the stuff that we covered in part one. But I haven't seen too many people do like a, a deep dive on the NRO. Um, and hopefully this will shed some light on this crazy organization for listeners who don't know who the uh, NRO is. It's a member of the United States intelligence community. And... Uh, they're, they're sort of, all the employees are from the DOD, um, the CIA, the NSA, the DIA, you know, so they essentially, or what they say <laughs> that they do is that they, you know, make satellites and put them into to orbit. But after we looked in episode one, the patches that they use, these are uh, like mission patches. Every single one of these mission patches was really, really occult, which kind of led me down the the path to looking in the NRO in the first place. So uh, I was truly uh, surprised at just how blatant uh, um, the patches were. I, did, I just can't, I can't, can't work out why why they would have such symbolism. For um, air quote satellite missions, right? And, and it just makes sense, does it? I, like we said in episode one, I I think that it's a ritual, and there's a bunch of different aspects of what they're doing with the satellites or, or direct energy weapons. And we'll get into yeah. some of that tonight, uh, but oh, I I definitely think that they're using occultism as a way to disclose the mission to the public of what's really going on while they're also keeping very tight lipped 
about what the what the real mission is, but if you can understand occultism, you can see it in the patch. It, 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 it just goes to say, don't say, what really is going on? And not just for the, the NRO patches, like other missions as well, or the programs. Uh, the list is endless. Yeah. This, 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 uh, uh, they look brilliant, mate. They do, they're, they're very impressive how, how they just the old design of them. But uh, you can tell how it's tensions behind these patches. Right. Well, speaking of that, I'll go ahead and um, I'll share my screen with you now. We're going to start. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah, we're going to start this episode. Um, with a couple more patches that I found, and then we're going to get into some uh, some other stuff that is very disturbing. And oh, shows Corruption and, I mean, very scary stuff. So we'll start pretty light and then go from there. Oh, lovely. Uh, you know these patches, what, what, what are you going to show now? Are these what you found since we recorded part one? Um, I think one of them is the other one I had for right, episode okay. episode one, but we didn't get a chance to uh, to get to it. Right. Okay. No problem. So let me know if you can see that. Oh yes, yes. All right. So this is yeah another one of their stellar patches that they use on their their missions. And um, yeah. notice notice here that uh, you know SpaceX. SpaceX, yeah, yeah. You know what? Right, I'll let I'll let you uh, I'll let you explain it, and then and then I'll say what I think it looks like, <laughs> if that's okay. Yeah, SpaceX. I mean, keep it secret, keep it safe. So on the left hand side you have NRO, and on the right you have SpaceX. So this is showing um, the partnership between the NRO and SpaceX. They they do okay. joint missions all the time, um, and they, they work hand-in-hand -hand with NASA as well. And then you have, um, you know, the ring symbolism here. To me, this is, reminds me so much of, of, of Tolkien, the Eye of Sauron. Mate, I was just going to say, when you finished, it reminds me of Lord of the Rings, Eye of Sauron, the one ring, and it even's got Elvin script around the Yeah. <laughs> it, it even says it, uh, one satellite to rule them all. Oh, shit, it does. You know? That's so, <laughs> and some people would say, oh, well, maybe they're just making a, uh, maybe it's like a joke or something along those lines, but I would totally disagree. I think that, it, you know, especially when you when you take a look at the Lord of the Rings, uh, the movies or the books, it's a giant allegory uh, t filled with occultism. And yeah. I just don't think it's by chance that they happen to be using this as a symbol too. you know, it's yeah. like the eye of Sauron, right? It could see anywhere, anything. And the one ring could rule, rule them all. So to me, I think they're kind of using that symbology of saying we can see everything, anywhere, at any time, and that's what this satellite is, one to rule yeah. them all. I love that, mate. I think um, I'll sway that way too. 
All right, so a good description. And like we said in episode one, what what are the chances if if they weren't trying to use occultism um, directly, right? If they weren't doing it directly, then you would have a bunch of other patches that just don't have anything to do with occultism. But the majority of all the patches do some type of occultism or other. Yeah, it's like they, they've all got uh, there's something behind them, uh, something significant for each one. Because each one's totally like unique in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're all different. Like they're the ones different. that we saw with the wizards, that was a reoccurring uh, thing. Yeah, the wizards, yeah, there was a couple of wizards, wasn't there? Yeah, so we'll go to the, the next one here. So NRO office, survivability assurance office, uh, more of that same. Remember how we kept talking about the sword over and over and over again in the last uh, episode one, you know, the, the sword again, the black yeah. and white checkered Masonic floor yeah. or the chess board, right? Yeah, does that look like uh, some sort of star formation to like the like, oh, that's something to do with astrology. I don't, I don't know. You know what it looks like? Uh, like star formation. Yeah, constellations. We saw that a lot. In, uh, that's it, mate. Nice one. We saw that a lot in episode one too. And you'll notice that they name certain missions after constellations, or the or um certain satellites after certain constellations too. Yeah. So that's a reoccurring theme. Again, though, I'm sure if we were to take time to break down each one of those constellations, it could be tied directly to astrology, and then you could decipher from there what yeah. is the meaning behind the pat. But if we did that, we would it would be a 10-hour series. <laughs> no doubt, mate. Uh, again, it, it seems to be a bit a bit duller than the rest of this. Um, all that'll be is just a colour wave of it, mate. It's like, it's not as in your face, but it's still, still got the symbolism. Yeah, and remember how we saw the uh, the theme of like the cross hatching over the world where it looked like a cage or some type yeah. of uh, yeah. like, like a prison a, yeah, system? Like, yeah, yeah. That, that was quite uh, common, that one. I got quite popular. It seems to be on a few of the patches that. And I would even say right here that that's what this could also represent. It's just in a different occulted form. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Oh. so this. <laughs> <laughs> beautiful, mate. Beautiful. Nice. nice and scary, huh? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, US. I wonder what the, the yeah, this one is. Because it does look slightly demonic. Mm-hmm. And I, I even was trying to run this through some different filters because I see something behind this. I don't know if you can see it too, but there's more here. Oh, um, you can. Wow, you, you've zoomed it and you can, yeah. Do you know, you know what I mean? Like there's... And I don't know if it's because of the stitching 
or maybe it's part of the, the way the picture was uploaded. But I tried to run it through some different filters to see if there's an image underneath of this image. Um, but again, like people would say, well, devilish. this is. What's that? They're like a devilish type or the a hidden devilish type. Because it is like you say, I'm not too sure if that will be stitched or not. I think that's maybe the. Well, I could be wrong. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, this one's kind of up for debate for what this image could be behind it. Uh, if somebody else can figure it out, uh, listeners, if you're better with, you know, uh, processing software like that, if there's something behind it, see if you can dig it out. But this right here, you know, it's the U.S. Air Force, and people would be like, "Well, wait a minute, that's not the NRO." Well, the the NRO and the Air Force run special projects together as joint missions. Think of NRO. Yeah. NRO is like. Um, it's a part of any one of those NASA, NSA, you know, DIA, all the stuff that um, we talked about earlier. Well, as, as well, look, uh, there was uh, the numerous uh, military. It wasn't just like the Air Force. It was the Army as well. And there was there was a there was a few on the Navy. Sure, there was. And so. For you guys, right? You have MI5 and MI6, right? Yeah. So I, I wonder if they they probably do the exact same thing. Is they run joint operations with your Air Force, a Navy, things like that? You know? Yeah, yeah. I think they do. I think the like like the SAS, the SPS. Yeah, they will do, mate. I should imagine all countries do. Folks. That's a pretty good point. Like, it would be pretty ignorant to think that your uh, MI5 and MI6 isn't working with our CIA. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're all yeah. Uh, they're all scissoring each other, aren't they? So to speak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so um, now we're gonna switch a little bit to talk about um, sort of what the NRO, uh, the CIA, what have they been responsible for in the past, just really quick. So this gives you uh, a bit of a timeline for what the NRO is doing. So they start to develop satellites in 59, and then in 61, the CIA... Sorry to interrupt, look, that's brilliant, that, that layout uh, with, you know, the 50s, 60s, 70s, and that's the, um, it's all laid out what went on uh, during that period, that's brilliant. Yeah, I can't, I can't remember where I got this image from. It might have, it, I don't know if it was on the Wikipedia, but I thought this was a perfect way to sort of show. Yeah, that's spot on that way. So it says that they're a hybrid organization with around 3,000 personnel. And again, like I said, the NRO is jointly staffed by the CIA and uh, the Defense Department. Yeah. So in the 70s, they're doing reconnaissance with satellites. And uh, the 90s, it's, it, it, a lot of this stuff I've noticed they're trying to excuse it by saying that they're spying on Russia to make sure that they've got the Soviets under control. And while some of that might be 
true, I think there's a way crazier reason why they're putting so many satellites up. Can't be just for the Russians and the Chinese. Yeah, I agree. I think there's a lot more. So hopefully, um, we can get to the bottom of it. Well, maybe some of it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, like for this picture in particular, it says that NRO provided extremely valuable intelligence for more than 15 missions to kill or capture high value targets in combat areas. So it makes it sound like it's something positive. Yeah. You know? And that, I mean, shit, if they're doing that, that's that's fine. But what 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 we'll get to later is way more sinister than it just being a way to, to capture the Taliban and spy on the Soviets. Yeah, I'll tell you what, mate, I'm looking forward to this so much, because if you if you saying it that it's uh, sinister, it will be <laughs> very sinister. Uh, yeah. There's no, there's nobody goes uh, deeper than you, mate, on, on shit like this. Nobody. Well, thank you, man. I mean, it's it's one thing that they tell us to our face, and then behind closed doors is something totally different. And what we'll be talking about is so similar to what um, Snowden had leaked to the public. I mean, giant, it was a giant effort by the NRO to collect surveillance and data information on American citizens. So I thought this was all for the Taliban and all for, you know, to take care of the Russia problem. So why why would they be launching giant satellites? Like remember the ones we covered last time? They're the biggest yeah. that were ever created. And um, why then would you use that technology against the citizens of the country who put it up? It does not make any sense, does it? And what why the need to monitor uh, the general public? Well, and there's there's a lot of reasons for it, um, and we'll get to the we'll get to some of that when we get to the very end when we talk about the senti- sentient program, because it's they word it in this very mysterious way of what the the reason for the satellite is, and then I've had a, a good friend of mine able to kind of look through because he's a, a computer, um, he's really into like IT and stuff, and he was able to break oh, this down. It's gonna it's gonna be really great because. It, they're telling you things in a very f- fluffy way um, for what they disclosed to way. the public. <laughs> but then if you really know what it is, again, if you have eyes to see, if you understand the language, it's something way deeper than just, you know, snapping some pics from space. So Yeah. Do you think, uh, you think like, uh, like, like when you say them, like, uh, sort of like fluffing it up, do you think it's like the form of some like soft disclosure? Form of what? Soft disclosure. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's just, <laughs> of, of course, they're gonna, amazing. they're gonna give us the the watered down version of what's really going on, and you know, the wild part about this is is that U.S. citizens are paying for this, uh, for this technology with our tax dollars, and it's being used against us, so. It makes you just take a, a a step back and realize that 
these governments are not your friend, they're your enemy, and they are more concerned about what you're doing, why you're doing it, where you go, what you buy. They're more concerned about that than anything else. Yeah. So. It really is, it's disturbing, isn't it? And they make out as if they're, they're all for the people. The same over here, they're lost, the, the government. They, they're all, oh yeah, it's all about you. And they see fuck, sorry for swearing. It just pops out, but. <laughs> hey, this is not worthless, sir. Yeah. And, you know, with the, with the COVID stuff, everything that's happened over the last couple of years, everything from QAnon to, you know, the thing that was being forced into everybody's arms, it's, it's a giant data collect. It's one big psyop to, to mold the public and to, into what they want. And then they want to get a reaction, collect the data off of that reaction, and take away people's freedoms and their independent ability to even object to having something put in their their arm. It's all data collection and a test, you know? 100%. Um, and, and you know what um, made, made me laugh about the whole COVID malarkey was how, how imperative it was for this vaccine and the boosters. Oh, they, they, you had to have them. You had to have them. And then suddenly, oh, you don't need them. You know, you don't need them. Right. I, I mean, they did a total 180 on it now. So, just a, a big so slide. Ironic, isn't it, mate? So, ironic. so, this is the first thing I wanted to show. Um, allegations that the NRO financially mishandled contracts caused such an outrage at the agency that its deputy director reportedly launched a witch hunt on whistleblowers. So there was like a, um, there was a leak of information from the NRO. Yeah. So what they decided to do is they wanted to do a investigation into who could be leaking information from the NRO. Again, this comes on the heels of like the Snowden stuff, you know, So uh, they launch a giant internal investigation where they make their employees take a polygraph test. A polygraph test? Yeah. It's a bit extreme, isn't it? What's that? It's a bit extreme. <laughs> yeah, so all the employees, and there's roughly 3,000 of them, they had to take this polygraph test. Oh, and not like wasting time, wasting time or wasting money. Yeah, and what's what's crazy about this is they wasted so much time and money, and the only purpose was because they wanted to figure out who was telling the public the truth about what was really going on in the NRO. So we already know that they had the giant slush fund. Remember that from episode one? They got in trouble for, um, you know, having what, what was in billions of dollars in a slush fund for a rainy day fund. For sure. Yeah, it actually says it as well, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Crazy, man. So, yeah, they have this um, internal investigation. 
Okay. So it says here the drama is unfolding as Congress debates whether to toughen anti-leak laws to crack down on classified information being provided to the news media. The Obama administration has responded by ordering that thousands of U.S. intelligence and law enforcement employees be questioned about media leaks when they're polygraphed during a security clearance screening. In an unprecedented move, the administration also has criminally prosecuted. This is a very important thing to remember that they prosecuted government employees for leaking information. Whistleblowers and media advocates fear that the aggressive effort will have a chilling effect on the reporting of government wrongdoings, but won't stop classified information from being leaked when it's politically advantageous to the administration. I'm sort of speechless. Uh, yeah, it, it, that's a giant operation to question thousands of employees via polygraph to see if they're lying about crimes that they might have committed, um, like leaking. That's true. Yeah, leaking classified information or, or something like that. But this is where the plot takes a twist because when they were polygraphing people, they weren't just asking, they were asking generally about crimes. So during the questioning, crimes were recorded by the, the NRO and the, the polygraph staff that had nothing to do with leaking of information. And we'll show what the results of, uh, the results of that was. What crimes were was were the NRO employees, what were they describing that they had done? Because it's, <laughs> oh, right. So that's so bizarre. So yeah, the people are going to be reluctant to talk to NRO inspector general now, said the source, who was afraid to be identified for fear of being seen as cooperating with the media. Among some employees, the agency's inspector general office is perceived as uh, overly aligned with the CIA and out to protect the CIA's interests rather than root out government misconduct. In an unusual relationship, the CIA shares responsibility with the uh, Department of De the Defense Department in overseeing the NRO's office which is staffed with CIA and Air Force employees. Does not sound right, that. Don't sit well with me, that. It's just, especially with the, the previous state. Yeah. So they find out someone's leaking information. They yeah launch a giant investigation to see who's leaking information and what information then they're prosecuting people for it um and again like what they were saying earlier about because of this internal investigation when government misconduct happens people within the organization are way less likely to tell someone about it because they're, they're going to feel like they're going to lose their job like we can see at the bottom here 
It says, um, a senior intelligence service officer with the CIA who became, who became Inspector General in 2009 raised the alarm about retaliation and other criminal allegations in what's known as a seven-day letter, a mechanism for Inspector Generals to report serious misconduct of agencies to Congress. This is a way to keep checks and balances, you know what I'm saying? And they're, they're messing with the very uh, ability for someone to call out government misconduct. It's like, do you know, I mean, to me, it's almost like the, it's like bribing. Do you think that, is that me running a little bit with it? Or it just seems like a, a, a perfect excuse to uh, blackmail staff and bribe yeah. them. Yep. That's the same thing that I was uh, that I was coming up with because, you know, it it accomplishes a lot. And one of those things by doing the polygraph test is to get all the dirt on all employees. So oh, yes. let's say let's say you're a whistle <laughs> let's say you're a, a whistleblower and you want to tell Congress about what's really going on in the NRO, and then when you do then the NRO is going to come out and say, hey, you remember that polygraph test that you took where you uh, admitted that you had cheated on your wife? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, it's definitely a form of blackmail, in my opinion. Yeah, they're, they're, they're bad intentions. Yeah. By many things, mate, there's a, that's the thing with society now. There's, there's too many people. And all I'm worried about is other people. Concentrate on yourself. You know, what 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 difference does it make what somebody else is doing? Mm-hmm. Unless they're directly or intentionally hurting you, but then leave them be. You know, stuff like this, like blackmail bribing, it is, it's a constrict me. Yeah, and then it just shows that these these groups, organizations in the intelligence community, they are essentially controlled by a handful of people at the very top. Yeah. Yeah, this is always somebody up the, the high up. Yeah. Holding strings like, um, like a puppeteer, mate. Like what? Like a puppeteer. Right. So people are, are always will argue that secret societies can't exist because, well, you know, it can't be that organized. And they, there's no way that the secret societies could be interacting with government agencies. I mean, it would just be too hard to organize. Well, this is a perfect example to show of how how much power is at the very top of these intelligence groups and the people below them, they're disposable. They don't care about the employees. They're just useful idiots to do whatever it is that they want to get done. And that's even at top level for guys like scientists, you know. And the people at the very top are controlling the entire organization. They're able to prosecute employees, get rid of them. And then it's working in an interagency way where they're, the heads of each one of those groups it's just like a um, like a group of 
I can just imagine them all sitting around like a giant table. <laughs> Being like, all right, so what, uh, what do we got on the agenda for this one? You know, oh, yeah, let's go ahead and. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and, and looks right. The, these statements, what you've just, uh, what you've highlighted, and it's the, in black and white, you, that's sort of, to me, uh, that's proof that there are some of us, like a, a deep state kind of uh, organization behind. Exactly. A lot of this. So. And then the people who are at the top of those agencies, they also have people above them. Now, those those are like the the, the Michael Aquinos of the world, right? Yeah. The, the, in my opinion, truly evil people who don't have anybody's interest in mind uh, for good. It's just more about power and control and um, domination. Exactly, mate. Uh, they're, they're the leaders of manipulation. And, and to be fair, looks the they're experts. That's, that's their craft. And they're pretty good at it. That's for they're sure. Very good, yeah. yeah. So, um, oh, this was one of uh, Chuck Grassley's statement. Yeah, he, yeah, he's a Republican, but um, this guy is, he's just, uh, he's a puppet too. But this is one of his statements that he was trying to say about. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. But, you know, sometimes liars tell the truth, and that's one of these uh, instances. Yeah. Grassley said in his letter, um, he also was concerned that law enforcement agencies had told McClatchy that they weren't notified of child molestation confessions that had come out during NRO polygraph screenings. That's shocking that. Yeah, so um, when they're talking about McClatchy, McClatchy is a news organization out of D.C. And um, the whole reason why this internal investigation happened in the first place, like I said, was because of the leaks that were happening in the NRO. Now, yeah. McClatchy, that, that news group, they were the ones who were getting the leaks. So that's why it's mentioned here. Interesting. Uh, it's interesting how... Sort of like related. How what? Mentioned as well, but it's just mentioned about kids. Mm hmm. That's a very sketchy. That. I, I, yeah. You know what? You know something looks right. Well, I would love to uh, to uh, to see these confessions. <laughs> oh, like in real in yes, real time, like, like a video of it. Yeah, yeah, or even uh, like documents, what was actually, you know, like where they take notes of the the interview. That would have been interesting to, you know, just, just to see what these weirdos have been up to. Oh, don't, don't worry. We're going to get there very shortly. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> you ask and I deliver, my friend. I <laughs> you the man. <laughs> I can't wait. This part here is just talking about um, scandals in the NRO that predate this, the whistleblower stuff. This is uh, talking about how they had a, a record in 1996 
of um, doing that giant um, slush fund that we had talked about. Oh, yes. yes. So it's going over the, the budget. You know, the budget for the NRO is totally classified, but according to some estimates, it could be more than $10 billion annually. And it rivals that of the NSA and the CIA. Combined. Oh, I get you. Sorry, sorry. I can't tell. They don't, cl- or they don't clarify that. It could be combined. That's shocking. I mean, that's a lot of money. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Well, saying that, look, I know it's going a little bit off topic, but I wonder how much money has gone to Ukraine since it started. Hmm. Well, I know the perfect way to do that to send money that you know is it's never going to be accounted for is with slush funds like the nro has they can move that money wherever they want and nobody will know about it congress won't know about it that's a cash in it in a way it makes you remember back to the parts of the ukraine war where um, elon musk was offering skylink it was you know the internet so because ukraine didn't have any uh, any Wi-Fi because of the war that Musk offered to send them uh, Starlink, right? <laughs> and we know now SpaceX yeah. is tied into the NRO. Hey, you, you know, I didn't expect it, but it doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Because um, it's like, he, He's got his fingers in a lot of pies. Yeah, and he he's plays a weird figure on the, the world stage. You know what I mean? Like, he plays the good guy, and uh, but then at the same time does weird stuff like this. I mean, I don't know. Like, if he's such a hero, then why is Musk working with the NRO, which he knows has a giant slush fund? They've been in trouble before. they got a lot of controversy. Um, I, I, wouldn't he just do his rocket and satellite tests on his own? Why does he have to work with the NRO? He's not dumb enough to. He, he, there's no way his PR team and and him himself are dumb enough not to look into the history of the NRO before they go into um, joint operations Great. with him. I fully agree with that. I think I think the Musk. I, I think. Uh, is not what he um, portrays himself to be. No. I think somebody's controlling him or something is controlling him. And, like, um, he, he, people think that he, uh, he, oh, he's, he's, he's brilliant, um, genius, but it's not. He's not. He's got people around him. But they're the geniuses, not him. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. And remember when we were looking into the uh, ATIP stuff and yeah. uh, the NIDS? So this was like the research that was being done, funding that was being used at Skinwalker Ranch um, for different... Uh, they were saying that it was being done for like aerial phenomenon. Yeah, UFOs and all that, But when you looked at the funding, it was actually going to really crazy stuff. Uh, that had nothing to do with that. 
And yeah. in one of the documents, it says the reason why we're using funding this way from Congress and then funneling it into ATIP and then hiring independent contractors is because it kind of takes it washes the hands of the government clean. But it also describes in, in the uh, in the document that they have to change the way that they show the public how research is being done. And one of the best ways to do that is to present to the public this entrepreneur, but he's not act, he, you know, he's not part of the government, he's independent, but in reality, he is connected to the government, but he's just sort of like a Manchurian candidate. He's like a, a guy to put out there so that the government can hide what they're doing by using fake entrepreneurs to then carry out the, the real research that the government wants to do. I love that. Do you think that that's like uh, a bit? So Musk is similar to like a skateboard kind of a douchebag. Yeah, I mean, and he's talking about putting chips in people's heads and stuff like okay. that. So, like, I mean, any time someone says that, to, I, obviously, be weird, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, you don't hear people commenting on on those poor apes, chimpanzees, what festive, uh, they're being killed for what for for the science. Yeah, it's strange, mate. And the whole thing is so compartmentalized. It's just they know what they're doing. Like, but you know, this is a, the lady who was in charge of the NRO at the time when all of this uh, internal investigation was going on with the polygraphs, and uh, she had a bunch of complaints about her and how it was more or less like her idea to even start the the um, the polygraph investigation. And um, so this is like the the very top of the uh, NRO. Yeah. So it's remarkable, mate. It's, uh, I mean, I, I before before we began, you, you made it clear that it was going to get um, deeper and darker, and it's already begun, mate. Yeah. And like I was just saying here, you know employees of the NRO had been complaining about uh, Mashiko for a long time because yeah. she had allegedly attempted to reprimand whistleblowers linked to the NRO for coming forth about allegations of illegal activity within the agency, prompting even uh, her own superiors to launch an investigation in an attempt to silence the staffers. So this is part of the McClatchy re um, report here that we're, we're reading. Yeah. So it has uh, the history of intimidation towards staffers. Uh, it is a bureaucracy run amok. Uh, these practices violate the rights of Americans and is and it's not even for a good reason. Former NRO officer Mark Phillips. Um, so I guess that's like the, the former top of the top guys yeah. at the NRO. So that's what he told uh, McClatchy. It looks, you know, when uh, like when that gentleman when he left, do you think they would have to sign something where they um, basically they can't speak about 
anything what went on. That's what I think. Yeah. 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 I think I think that 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 happens with a lot of um, government shit like this. Hmm. Well, and Just he's a, he's another puppet too. Yeah. Just goes to show, mate. I knew what 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 really what really is going on. Hmm. It must it must be something nefarious because. And if it wasn't, there would be no need for all this. Yeah, and they always try to... Do you notice how with, like, politicians and senior government employees, like, they always try to talk shit about either, <laughs> either like, a, the, the person who came before them or the person that came after them, but they're not the ones who are responsibility... They're responsible for anything, right? Like, think about Trump, for example. Trump was a saying when I get into office, I'm going to I'm going to um, declass all these documents. I'm going to let everybody see the public, the, the truth about JFK, all this crazy stuff. You, and did he do it? You know what I mean? Like, and yeah, he yeah. blames Obama for being the one who didn't release it. And that yeah. just that that history of sort of putting the blame on someone else. Uh, it's all blame game. It's a blame game. Yeah. So uh, uh, apparently here in one memo obtained by McClatchy, it says, it is this threat of reprisal by one of the most senior leaders in the NRO that constitutes the violation of law. One source within the NRO speaking of the last revelation said that even though IG Alessandro had agreed to open up a probe, people are going to be reluctant to talk with the NRO inspector general now. Four directors went to the IG Michigan allegedly told a senior officer, according to a report authorized by the inspector general, and made available to McClatchy, I would like to find them and fire them. Phillips told McClatchy reporters during the first report. (laughs) Not even hiding it there, really. No, no. (laughs) Just uh, straight there in your face, isn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. Remarkable, so. so this here is the inspector general's uh, report. So this was declassified. Uh, I had I got the um, the document and started to go through it. It's a lot of pages. I just wanted to see like what type of crimes during this polygraph. Um, examination yes. what type of crimes were being were being told to the uh, interviewer and um of course here you even got a little bit of occultism here in the <laughs> inspector general's <laughs> logo <laughs> you know so uh so this is so this is uh I mean, when I was reading this, I really had a holy shit moment because I've never heard people talk about this. So, quote, similarly, the NRO reported most but not all admissions of potential UCMJ violations. So so an important sentence to break down. The NRO reported most but not all admissions of potential 
violations. Now, remember, we already know that they were prosecuting, firing employees who were whistleblowers. So yeah. if they're going to prosecute and fire whistleblowers, wouldn't they be doing that for other crimes? No. And this is the government itself laying all, all of it out on the table that they, they were reporting what they wanted to report, but not all. And once, once we start to understand what was not being reported, it'll give us a, a bigger picture um, and make you really start to question why the, why the fuck they didn't <laughs> report some of these, you know? It really doesn't make sense that. So basically, they're picking and choosing what crimes they deem to be uh, worthy of losing your job. Yeah. Or, like we said previously, mate, um, they, they can use this, this perfect tool for blackmail and bribery. Nailed it. Yep. It is incredible, isn't it, mate? What, what was the law in that? So the, the UCMJ here, so that would be the, the military code of justice, meaning that if you get in trouble um, doing one of these crimes, you're going to go to a, it's going to be a violation of military, you know, um, military law, and you're going to end up potentially going to a military court that would be separate than the general court that, um, you know, most citizens, like if you commit a crime that you would be going to, I'm sure you guys have the same thing in, in England. It's more of like an, a, a military type style. So it says here that uh, unreported admissions of federal crimes dealt primarily with the possession of child pornography. Um, illicit oh. drug use were potential and intentional admissions and falsifications of questionnaires for the NSA positions. Some unreported admissions, such as prostitution, were UCMJ violations that did it not work. involve... Sorry, that? Mate, sorry. Is that even prostitution in work? I mean, it could be at work. It could be on private time. I'm not sure. That's wild to me that they even talk about that because we know that the CIA was doing the CIA was doing uh, they they were doing operations where they were putting prostitutes into like brothels in in California and then yeah. getting wealthy politicians and men to come in and then they would drug them with LSD yes, and then they would get them to admit all of their their um, their private secrets. That is a good show that and you know there's, there's actual proof of that in the in the mk ultra yeah. that was um operation midnight something operation midnight i i can't remember the last word but is this the prostitution in the lsd yeah that's crazy that it's, that's, it's crazy how you've actually got an actual cold name for it. Mm -hmm. It is. And it says right here that, you know, still other unreported potential crimes such as illegal drug use could constitute either a state or federal criminal violation. With few exceptions, 
federal statutes and IC policies do not create a legal obligation for IC elements, including the NRO, to report to the DOJ or law enforcement organizations admissions of potential violations of state criminal laws that involve imminent threats to others, such as child molestation. Separate provisions in the federal law, but but not include in the 1995 MOU require IC employees working in certain professions to report information about suspected child abuse to appropriate local law enforcement organizations, local child protective services, or the FBI. However, most suspected child abuse uh, crimes exist under applicable state laws that do not trigger an affirmation or an affirmative reporting obligation for IC employees under the 1995 MOU. That's vile, mate. You're fucking vile. So I, I, I can't believe that all this has come out of these these polytest. And so that's another way of them being very convoluted and, and fluffy. They're saying, oh, well, you know, some crimes have to be reported, but not other crimes. But it depends on the state, depends on the federal law. And then, oh, but then there's this MOU thing, because what the MOU thing is, is more or less protection for certain uh, government officials to commit crimes. And they're not necessarily going to be held um, responsible. They're like, yeah. they're they're like protected people. Mate, it's like when the um, the the vicars, etc., these Catholic pedophiles, they they get protected to some extent. You might yeah. get moved to another state, and they'll do the same again, and they'll do the same again. And it's not often somebody who's committed such. Um, it's 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 difficult to speak about because everything about it is so fucking wrong. But like this, it's like as if oh um, yeah, you might be a manager. Let's let's give him the benefit. The benefit of what what benefit of the doubt is there to give from molesting a kid? There's no benefit of the doubt. People like that, they don't belong um, in society. In this society, what we're they don't belong here. I agree. I mean, it even says down here at the very bottom, in cases involving crimes committed during the performance of intelligence activities, the general counsel provides a report to DOJ reflecting the nature and disposition of the charges. What I mean, how does that sound to you? I mean, it's just fucked It sounds like they're saying that if you commit a crime <laughs> and you're doing it on the, uh, you know, during a mission or some type of intelligence activity, you're protected. No doubt. No, no, no doubt, mate. They'll get uh, full protection. 
like Epstein. Yeah, just exactly like Epstein, yeah. And Jizz Lane um, as well. Because <laughs> she, she's protective, man. I don't give a shit what anybody says. She's protective. No doubt. No doubt. You know, you know what's frustrating is you'll get people like, uh, and I, I know it's slightly going off topic, mate, but you'll get people, uh, they might have just said they got caught with a bit of weed, a bit of cannabis. Um, they might get locked up for it. There's people in jail now in America that, um, even though it's legal in most states, they're, uh, they're in jail for possession from a couple of years ago. you think that they would that would be uh, lifted, wouldn't you? Now it's legal. Right, so you got guys who are in jail from, you know, like you said, years ago for whatever amount of weed. Then the laws change, but they're not released. But then you got guys who are in the government at the NRO committing crimes that... Pedophiles. And they're not in jail? I mean, it gets it gets even heavier here in a second. This this is what I mean about law. Uh, to me, going back, going from from what what we or what you found so far, mate, is law doesn't apply to this one. They've mm-hmm. got their own law, and they're picking and choosing. You know, it's okay to have paedophiles working in there. Yeah, yeah. It's disgusting. I mean, it, it really is disgusting. Did Jimmy Savile use work there by any chance? <laughs> if this is a sort of place, he would love it there, wouldn't he? He probably he, would, He yeah. would be the manager, wouldn't he? He would be the CEO or something. Smoking a cigar. Yeah. Rose tinted glasses. Yeah, really. Yeah. So this is just sort of people can uh, pause it here if you want to know a little bit more about sort of um, the like the legal process they were uh, they were using here. But again, more uh, more talk about child molestation. And like I said, I think I said this in episode one. I find it really weird that this report is supposed to be about finding out crimes that happened with employees and i would think that that would by interviewing all these people a lot of different crimes would come out but then why is it that in this report they're not focusing on whistleblowers they're talking about child molestation so to me that means that the only reason the report talks about it so much is because it more crimes of that nature were admitted during the polygraph um, sessions than other crimes. Maybe, maybe that that's the the intention of the test to find out who's the number one paedophile at work. <laughs> yeah, really. That's. It's sort of to going off their own topic here to me, and for what I can see anyway. What the right. fuck is this going to do with satellites? Yeah, 
And there's no part of exactly. There's no part of this report that says, "Oh, this amount of people uh, admitted to doing bribery, or this amount of people admitted to, you know, using coke, or <laughs> or, or doing Rock other." You don't see that, but what you do see is overwhelming conversation and coverage of child uh, child abuse. You know, uh, now I could be wrong in it, but maybe they're trying to get to the bottom of it uh, and stamp it out. I don't think they are, because going off this, it won't surprise me if... Uh, a large percentage of that workforce in the NRO were pedophiles. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, it seems to be the main uh, talking point for this policy. Now, here's a bit of a a contradiction. I totally agree with you. Look Right here, it says that the NRO administered 44,493 polygraph sessions to 31,122 individuals. Wait, wait, wait. I thought the NRO only had 3,000 employees. Sorry, mate. Could you just repeat (laughs) that again, please? It says here that they conducted over 44,493 polygraph sessions to 31,122 individuals. I thought on the Wikipedia it said that they only have 3,000 employees. This is what I mean, mate. It's so sketchy. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, if I had to guess, I think that they're even skewing the numbers on the results from the polygraph. Yeah. Uh, I would say you just hit the nail on the head there with that one, mate. Uh, definitely. It just doesn't make sense, does it? No, it doesn't the matter. The only thing what makes sense, the only thing that adds up is that uh, a bunch of pedophiles. Well, a good, good majority of them, yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder what the percentage is of pedophiles. So yeah. this tries, to, this tries to break some of that down. But again, I, I think they're, I think the report is skewed, and I. I for the amount of attention, like I was saying, that they're concentrating the report mostly about child molestation. Then, but then when they get to the actual numbers of how many people they say confessed to do a child abuse, it's a relatively low number. Like those two things don't add up. Why would you make the entire report about child molestation, more or less, um, when it's when they conclude it's not that many people? Probably the opposite. Right? Probably the total opposite. It's probably the vast majority of them, maybe. Yeah. It just, like you said, mate, it just does not add up. Doesn't make sense. It's, it's, the report is mainly about down the last is fucking massive. Mm-hmm. Now here they do cover some of the other things. They say. You know, what was, so out of everyone who was interviewed, how many total emissions of crimes came out of the um, polygraph sessions? In total, 19,830 admissions um, of criminal activity, ranging everywhere from deliberate damage to government-sponsored information systems, uh, 
<laughs> misuse of government defense systems, uh, you know, removal of classified material, terrorism, uh, foreign intelligence services, sexual misbehavior, use or sale of illegal drugs or narcotics. So out of all those interviewed, that's how that's the total amount of crimes that were admitted. That's, that's crazy. So if they if they have nineteen thousand eight hundred and thirty admissions, but there's only three thousand employees, huh? Like what? <laughs> that's a lot of crime, I mean. What kind of people are the employees? You think that the uh, some someone like high level government such as like you think it would be like you know you'd have to go through tests, you'd have to have police checks, and you think that at least but no, not these. It seems to be that that's what they're after, criminals. Oh criminals yeah, that's a good files. point. Yeah. That's a really good <laughs> Yeah, so, um, yeah, that's a really good point because, it, you know, those are the people that they can control, too. Like you said, they have the blackmail on them. Right. And like you said, you're not going to get a job working for these guys if you've committed those crimes in the first place. No, you can't say that any better than is if they've got that kind of, that class of people now I'm not judging anybody everybody makes mistakes but if they've got that class of people who are unknown uh, there's no excuse for sorry I'm, I'm going to correct myself there uh, there is no excuse for molesting a kid I don't give a shit what anybody says there's no excuse for that so to me, if somebody's touched a kid, I don't want to be anywhere near them. Yeah. And I don't want them near anywhere near my daughter or anybody else's kid. Yeah, and, you know, when you get into these agencies, like if you're putting in an application for the CIA or the, you know, DOD, the NRO, I know damn well they're going to do an extensive background check on these people. They're going to do a polygraph test before they even probably get the job, depending on the level. And yeah. what I want to make a clear, a clear um, statement about what I, if you go for a job interview or, or like, let's say you're trying to get into the CIA or the FBI and you've smoked some weed before. Right. And you admit that. OK, that, I'm, we're not talking about those crimes. We're talking about way more serious crimes right down here. It says. 106 admissions involved involved child pornography or child abuse. So, uh, did those guys just slip through the cracks? You know what I mean? Or like like you were saying, maybe those are the people they look for. Yes, mate. I think that I think that they're, they're the people that they're actually looking for, so they can control, might you say? You went the nail on the head with that. But my opinion, anyway, mate. Um, it just makes sense. Yeah. It's like they could 
you know, it's like I say, you do as you talk, because where else are you going to get a job? Yeah. This is what kind of people they are, mate. They're just shitbags. And, and then it all starts to make sense why they had a giant slush fund with all of this crazy embezzlement of, of, of funds that was for a quote-unquote rainy day. Let's just call call it what it is. This is a, a, an organization that, like other organizations in the U.S. government, pose as, you know, an agency to help the people or to uh, have, you know, some sort of like national security. But that's that's not what it really is. You know, it's criminal activity that's just being excused over and over and over and over again. Again, you hit the nail on that, but it's in a way a government cartel. Yeah. Hey, you know, people might think, no, that's fucking bullshit. Yes, it is, but that, this is exactly what I mean. it is bullshit. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't know a lot about it, but like the war on drugs, all that, um, I'll argue what that went on. They created it. They created a war. Yep. Because it's all about money. All for profits. Same thing with uh, Operation Fast and Furious under the uh, Obama administration, where they um, said that they were going to war with Mexican drug cartels. And how did they do that? They sent thousands of illegal firearms to Mexican drug cartels from the U.S. This is what the CIA did. Thousands of illegal firearms to Mexico, to cartels, so that they could find out where the drugs, or where the uh, guns ended up going. Really? Yeah. Operation Fast and Furious. That's, uh, I think that's one. We have to look at the future that way. It's, you know, super interesting especially with you know with the way uh, you you dive into this kind of a topic mate it's like your it's like what i mean your forte is vast and endless but i think when when you can like your ability uh, to dive deep and go deeper and deeper like like on this and our it's like you're, uh, you revel in this kind of uh, challenge. Yeah. I'm probably on like a dozen uh, lists by now, but I... <laughs> yeah, we've got quite a lot. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it all does tie together. Like, um, you know, I've, I've done research about the CIA group, the Finders, who were running a... a yeah. They were, they were the finders cult. Yeah, they were trafficking kids and um, performing occult rituals on the kids. And that was um, directly linked to the CIA. All the members of the finders were CIA. Now they try and say it was a cult within the CIA and that it actually wasn't the CIA itself. It was just these rogue individuals who were doing this occult ritual stuff. Now. Uh, especially when you compare it to this stuff, it's like back to your theory. They're fu- they're trying to find certain people who have um, 
these behaviors and then they use them for a bunch of different disgusting reasons. So, yeah, there were 106 admissions of pornography, child pornography, child abuse, 10%, three of those 30 admissions um, usually suspended the individuals. <laughs> so they just suspended them when they found it out. Seriously, suspended? Fuck it out, man. Some of them, it says 10%. 10% suspended. The, 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 the other 90% are uh, running around. Not even suspended, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, I find I'm finding it difficult to fucking uh, accept this stuff. <laughs> how, 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 why? But you know what's equally as uh, disturbing to me, looks is even though this is out in the open, surely. Think that that's what law would uh, do something about it. Isn't that what police are meant to be for? Are they just a fucking waste of space over there like they are over here? Mm hmm. And most of the time it never even gets to that level because it's just being covered up. Yeah, too much paperwork, mate. Yeah. Now, this is probably, this is the most disgusting slide. Or thing that I've I found. So uh, for listeners, I'll read this for you. So it says um, it says uh, in addition, according to documentation in our NRO security files, four individuals who made reportable admissions of child abuse, including child pornography, sexting, and child molestation. In FY, so that'd be financial year 2009 through 2012, the former NRO, AGC, and GC declined to notify the DOJ, Department of Justice, of some of those admissions. In one case, those former officials asserted that the NRO was not legally obligated to report that omissions of potential crimes because of statute of limitations had expired and the DOJ would not be interested because the potential crimes were dated. In another case, the former AG initially declined to report admissions made by a contractor who worked as a security officer at the NRO contractor facility. The admissions involved child sexual molestation, sexting, and viewing of online nude images of girls whom the contractor believed to be under the age of 18. In an email to the OS and CI, the former AG explained his decision not to report the information to the Department of Justice. Quote, doubt we have enough, doubt we have enough to interest the FBI, especially since we don't have the last name where the address of the alleged victim is 14 years old 
and that victim is fully capable of calling the police herself. You know, if that would have been me, and that that would have been my fucking kid. Oh. I think anybody would be in the same be in the same uh, boat. I, I, I honestly that's, that's so sad that isn't it? it's really really bad that yeah poor fucking kid so Fourth they were that. they were aware Right. They were aware of these admissions of guilt of all of the things that we just said. The NRO knew about it. And instead of like you just said about, well, you know, maybe this would get uh, into the hands of some police officers who could do the right thing. What it's showing here is that the NRO hid those admissions of guilt from from the uh, FBI and the DOJ. And then the excuse for why they didn't report it was because the girl who's 14 could have called the police herself. How could they say something like that? How could they say that about a kid? She's a fucking kid. She's 14. Yeah. To to me, mate, that that makes sense. The NRO who brushed it, you know, isn't that an accessory? Yeah. They know about it. And totally protected, you know? So like we pointed out earlier, so the NRO is willing to prosecute whistleblowers who are saying, hey, the government's doing illegal bad things like slush funds, so the NRO will prosecute them, send them to jail for the rest of their life. But when a a victim of child molestation comes up in an admission of guilt from the person who's working for the NRO themselves, the NRO doesn't care. And doesn't care about that, they but they, keep, they care about a whistleblower and maybe him saying some stuff about the other messed up stuff that the NRA is doing. Like, yeah, so they're all right. They don't want people telling the truth about what they're up to, but yet they can have members of staff um, sexually assaulting and abusing a fourteen-year-old girl. It, mate, it don't get it. Don't get worse than that. That's that's fucking bad. That's shocking. That. And it shows I, right I, here. I didn't expect. I didn't expect that, mate. I, I, that's why I, on this slide, I, I was reading it and I was like, "What the fuck?" I literally wrote it on the slide because I couldn't believe that they were even admitting this in the report, but that there were so many other people involved who were all trying to more or less cover it up by not reporting this to the FBI. Or maybe it's part of the old uh, blackmail bribing. Mm-hmm. Because then you, then you can do whatever you want with those employees. Yeah. You could tell them to go walk off a cliff and they would do it rather than, you know, having all they of seem, this stuff like this exposed. They seem fucking stupid, you know? Mm-hmm. So, 
Would you say you cut out there a little bit? Uh, I wonder if um, Elon Musk and his uh, air quote team looked into what this NRO been up to before he's put his name on this badge. Right, because that this all happened before SpaceX took the contracts with the NRO. Um, and I'm able to find these documents, but then you know, Musk and his team can't, that, and that, I mean. I thought he was a genius. If this, if this was to be released to the, to the general public, like if everybody knew about this, if the news was talking about this, it would make Musk look really bad because of being associated with the NRO and the NRO in general, but yeah. Yeah, uh, well. I think that we should uh, post it on Twitter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and then people, yeah, even the public, they, especially on the right, they they think that Musk is uh, doing the best thing for Twitter. Or, you know, and I, I don't know, but just the total thing overall, like this is this is crazy. You know, this slide uh-huh. here is talking about prostitution. Human trafficking. According to the current NRO, uh, OGC and AGC, the NRO does not report to the Department of Justice admissions uh, related to patronizing prostitutes when there is no evidence of ties to human trafficking. Because uh, patronizing prostitutes generally does not constitute a federal offense. I think is there anything is there any crime like uh, for example a crime, a criminal offense on the street, um, so to speak, isn't that the same everyone? Like, for example, uh, it's it's illegal to to kill somebody uh, anywhere is it, or is it just it's not it's not legal it's not illegal for the NRO because that's what it fucking seems like everything near enough it's oh that's alright it's only that yep it's still coming tomorrow and what's even crazier about it when you really describe when you deconstructed this paragraph here that they're talking about, because employees of the NRO, um, they're held to what would be a higher standard because they're they're under the UCMJ, not, um, you know, because they're trying to like wiggle out of this by saying, well, we didn't report the prostitution thing because it doesn't fall under a federal crime, but it does fall under a UCMJ violation because whether or not uh, getting a prostitute under the UCMJ, it is an it, whether or not it's a um, an act of human trafficking, it still has to be prosecuted or investigated. 
and they didn't do that. So, I think uh, bewilderingly, it's, it's like uh, it's like they've got a loss themselves, and mm-hmm. yeah. So pretty much, we'll run over this real quick and finish things up. This is, um, you know, they're talking about, oh, well, we're going to change the process. We're going to change all the different ways we do things. Oh, we're so sorry we messed up and we didn't report this stuff. Um, So they make that statement. But however, in the report, it says that the NRO did not change its practice until two years later. Um, And uh, yeah. So they said they were going to change things. They didn't do it for two years. Therefore, giving enough uh, a time that would extend, you know, a, a criminal's ability for um, statute of limitations to like wiggle out of the crime. Um, you know, it even says here it's like, you know, it, evidence could be destroyed during that two years. So the NRL knew about the crimes, didn't report it. Then the invest in the um, inspector general comes in and says, you need to change this. You need to report this. The NRO says, "Oh, my bad," and then they don't change it for two years. Mate, you don't. Uh, I don't. Uh, it sounds like. Do you think they're taking? They're actually taking the piss here. Or, I think it's intentional. Absolutely. Has to be. Has to be intentional. There's, there's no other excuse. It has no. to be intentional. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I. Uh, I never expected this. This this is proper fucking nuts. Thank you very much, mate. This this is um, probably probably the craziest um, subject that I've ever ever known. It's fucking it's, it's unbelievable. Thank you. Um, um, I'm sure that every single person who's going to listen to this will appreciate you sharing such um, imperative information. We need to know about this. Absolutely, yeah. And you really are. um, You're a fucking legend for this. So this information has to get out. I mean, everything, everything from the occultism we talked about in episode one, you know, how that's tied into this, too. Now you got this, you know, slush fund of giant amounts of money that they can do whatever they want with all of this, you know, crimes against yeah. children. I mean, this one big dumpster it's one fire. Thing. Yeah. It's one thing after another thing. And, you know, you say three parts, mate. I think you could probably do. You you've seen the full extent of it, so you you know a lot more than me about how you see see the the path were happening episodes, for example. It's it's extraordinary. I just um, did not expect this. Yeah, it, it this it really did blow my mind to see them. This uh, is heavy shit. This. Yeah. So, um, 
here's a, a quick little breakdown of showing um, this is the number of days that they were, you know, they're supposed to report these admissions of, of child abuse, uh, child pornography, things like that. Cool. So they're supposed to report this. Um, they reported that the admissions to the FBI and local police uh, enforcement or law enforcement uh, was supposed to be within like 48 hours by the NRO. And then it shows here that after they did the investigation, um, these are some of the ones that would, would be reported on the same day. It gives you an entire breakdown. So for listeners, if you want to yeah. see how many days it took for them to report some of this stuff, you know, and that's even after, like I said, they, they him and hauled about it for two years. So and again, this is all about child pornography, molestation. It's, it's not anything about drug use or, um, you know, who stole a candy bar, like in the admissions of guilt. This is all about uh, child abuse. So. Wow, right. Yeah. So, I guess to end on a different, a, a different note. <laughs> uh, <laughs> while that's 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 heavy to to uh, listen to, and to talk about, the very last thing that we're going to cover in episode two is um, some of these satellites. Just very very quickly, we're going to get more into this in episode three. But um, this is another operation or mission that the NRO is conducting. And uh, yeah. so they, they're launching these satellites. Now, one of the satellites that they launched, um, you know, it works with what's called, well, many of the satellites work with what's called sentient intelligence analysis. You can see right here that it was developed by the NRO. So they can't wiggle out and say that this is uh, um, something that they weren't doing, right? It's, they obviously were doing it. Now, their description is um, that in the declassified in 2019 sentient intelligence analysis system was an uh, ongoing research and development program which is managed and operated out of the NRO office. The program architecture was developed to demonstrate advanced technologies and techniques to revolutionize the current tasking, collection, processing, exploitation, and dissemination cycle through the intelligence community. The sentient methodology represents a full integrated intelligence approach consisting of three, fundamental, three fundamentals. Um, problem-centric intelligence, multi-intelligence, uh, multi end-to-end, and trusted machine automation. According to uh, Robert Cardillo, a former director of National Geospatial Intelligence Agency, the, the system is intended to use automated, automated infer 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 inferencing <laughs> to add intelligence collection. So, like I said, I had um, I had read this and good friend of mine, I'm just going to shout him out, when my friend on Twitter, Subversive. Uh, he's a great guy and he's very uh, intelligent, very intelligent about IT. And I sent this over to him to, to take a quick look of what this means to him because it's his field of expertise. Yeah. I don't know anything about this, so to me, it just 
it's hard to um, decipher what it means. So he sent me a quick um, audio clip, which I'll play for the listeners now. Oh, it's just, hey, sorry, sorry, is this what you mentioned to me uh, early on? Yeah. Nice one, mate. Nice one. So um, we will end on that note, and uh, I'll play that that clip for you next, and um, then we'll finish everything up. So this was his feedback about what sentient really is. And again, we're going to cover more of this in episode three. So this will give you just a bit of a taste to set up what episode three is going to consist of as well. Basically, mate, you're creeping me up. (laughs) (laughs) So just a bit of answer there, ladies and gentlemen. Nothing, nothing nefarious. <laughs> just a tease. So <laughs> hope, hopefully can you can you hear this audio when I play it? Can you hear that? No, mate. Let me go play it again, mate. Let me just I'll, let me just adjust my volume. Right, I've got a mount uh, full now, mate. So. Let me see if I can turn up. Um, can you hear that? No. Uh, what what format is it in? I know you you know a lot more about uh, light audio and stuff like that than me because you've got a mixer on you. So would you be able to? What was what was it sent on? Was it like a, like a voice tech message or something? Um, it's just MP3. So hold on, let me try this real quick. Let's try this. See if yeah. see if you can hear this. Oops, let me try it again. So you should be able to see a media window. Oh, I can see that. Yeah, I can't hear out though. Do you know what actually? Do you know what happened then, Box? You know, um, it was as if there was some sort of noise feedback but not actual not hearing somebody speak if you know what I mean gotcha like a, a change in pitch of of, it, of me, me hearing you if you know what if you know what I mean gotcha let's probably because it was maybe echoing let's see if this works better there you go mate spot on that like that with the sentient program, what it does is it That's uses it. an automated tipping and queuing system. And what the tipping and queuing system does is it allows analysts to take a set of key data points and then narrow down key areas of interest. So if they want to know more about January 6th, they'll take all the data they've collected, find anything that says January 6th and start looking at it. And then looking at how maybe people who were there and partook were speaking and things like that, will, which will allow them to get better analysis and understanding of what those groups are doing. Now, what it uses is a system called big data. And what big data is, is you take every single piece of data you can get your hands on it. And in terms of the government, they can get everything. So they take 
your Facebook, your Twitter, your LinkedIn, your, you know, everything. Every social media platform you could possibly be on. They take all that data from every American. They throw all of that into this program. And that allows them to perform keyword searches. If you're familiar with what a SIM is in the in the world of like cybersecurity, a SIM is a device where you take logs from computers and different things and throw that into your into that SIM device and then it allows a cybersecurity analyst to search through that system for events that could be a possible breach of the system. It'll also provide you with alerts. So whenever something happens like an unknown IP address attaches to the network, it alerts, someone can inspect it, make sure it's okay and goes on. Well, Sentium works a lot in that same way, only instead of looking for security events that will keep a network more safe, what they're doing is they're looking for conspiracy theories, other fringe things, and then they're narrowing down and finding people who are discussing these things, and then they can start to narrow down on individuals based off of what their what their internet history looks like, what their search histories are looking at what type of conspiracies are they into are these guys who are looking into like cryptid stuff or are they into more dangerous things like government corruption and things like that then they can get you on a list but all of this is really important to the government from the sentient standpoint because a lot like what Edward Snowden told us 10 years ago they're collecting every piece of data they can on you they're using that data then to then build a case just in case you do something, they'll have an entire dossier on you, what your online activities are, where you like to go, what you shop for, what your spending habits look like. They're going to know almost everything there is to know about you solely based off of where you go, what you do, how you communicate, and the groups of people that you associate with. So from that standpoint, this is like a really dangerous thing, I would say, in my personal opinion. With the Sentient uh. Program, what it does is... And uh, and that's it, my friend. Hey, that gentleman. Hey, is he on Twitter? Yeah, he is. I'll send you over um, uh, a link to his profile. Oh, nice one, mate. Much appreciated. Um, I like I like his perspective. I, I like what he's got to say, mate. I think be interested to. You know, have a, have a conversation with him about more like more like a more in-depth conversation. Like that, that's golden. That what he just said. Yeah, I would like to see if maybe he could come on to uh, even break it down even further for the listeners. You know, brilliant suggestion, mate. Uh, I think he'd be game for it. Hopefully, he's a he's a great guy. He knows his stuff and. Um, uh, again, I'm so glad that he even recorded that because me trying to explain it would have been so dumbed down. It would have been like, so that's sort of like a teaser, and then we can break it down further in episode uh, three. But it definitely has very nefarious and uh, implications for sure. I I, I am uh, I, I'm really surprised at something. It's a couple of minutes anyway. We know how absolutely they are, but come on, mate, not that. Not that it's completely. Mm-hmm. Nah, don't get much worse than that, you know. 
Yeah. So, I mean, we've really kind of run the gamut, haven't we? We went all the way from occultism and patches to the, you know, child molestation stuff to now getting into this sentient, you know. Yes, um, basically I was for government, the U.S. government. Uh, and they're okay with molesting 40-year-old girls. No, it's all right. They're fucking not all right. It's, they're basically they're creating Oh, Lord of uh, law is not existent in, in, the, in the realm because that's what it is, their own fucking realm. They're like the, they're like the Vatican of governments with, uh, they do what they want. And yeah. it's there in black and white, they do what they want. Law does not matter, they can do. I'm fucking shocked, I'm still shocked. <laughs> I know it's uh it's heartbreaking that mate. It's heartbreaking fucking all girl. Yeah. So I I didn't expect, like I said earlier, I didn't expect them to lay everything out uh the way that they did, but they did. And I mean it's just all we're doing is showing people the paperwork, the receipts for what they're telling. Um you know, in a very low-key way to the public of what's going on, because they'll release that, but they don't make any big announcement about, hey, we declassified this document. They'll just release it, and then nobody even really covers it unless you look for it or know when it's about to be released. So 99% of the public, and even a lot of conspiracy researchers, miss it. They, they, they don't know that these documents were even declassified. So the more we can get it out to the public, the better, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Again, you're incredible, mate. Um, you really are. I think if it weren't for you, I would probably have never have heard this. Uh, I would say the majority of listeners would never have uh, heard about all this. Like you said, part of it's been covered previously, but to this depth, Yeah, and there, there have been um, some good um, books, like literature, that's been written about a lot of the patches. Um, and I'm sure may, I might not even be the first one who's covered this as far as the, uh, the Inspector General's report. Um, but, you know, who cares? If, I, if I'm the first person to cover it or the, the third person, it doesn't matter. As long as the information gets out there, it's the most important thing, so... That is uh that is all all I have for um for episode two and uh yeah Locks. hopefully everybody took some value from it. Yeah, looks uh, like I said, I've said it a few times, I wanna say it again. I can't thank you enough for uh, coming on. Um, this 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 kind of information we need. Not want we need to know about stuff like this. It's important as anything else. It's probably most important 
There's just no excuse. Nope. No excuse, mate. The way, like the way you tell me. The way you It's true elite level. Uh, it's just so easy. So easy. Um, you know, just the way you carry yourself. That's how it should be. So what everybody can understand. Oh, thank you, man. I mean, uh, we're all in, all in the battle together with this crazy, crazy stuff. We're trying to expose what we so, can. You know, different areas of expertise and. Yeah, stay tuned for uh, episode three because I don't know if it can get crazier than episode two, but we'll try. We'll try. I guess. <laughs> Thank you very much, brother. Uh, did you? Oh, just a quick one. You know, with the feed, did you? Uh, did you see the message? Do you want to? to wait on that? Or? Uh, I did. Yeah, I saw it. I responded to you. Um, oh, did it's you? Up, Sorry, let's up, up to you. Whatever you want to do. She was tossed a coin. What's that? She was tossed a coin. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, maybe what we could do, it might be better, is to start it, is to make the announcement in episode three, because people probably might, I rambled for a long time, so people might not even tuned in all the way through, yeah. so it might be better to do it at the beginning of episode three. <laughs> hey, Up to you there, man. Hey. We're in at 55. No, 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 no. I am with you 100% on that one. Definitely. Uh, I just thought the idea brought them as the episode got deeper, deeper, darker, and fucking. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, basically, ladies and gentlemen, we have got, we've got something to, uh, I don't word this, folks. I've got an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've got, we've got uh, an announcement. Where we'll uh, let everybody know I'm happy. Yeah, I didn't mean to ramble so long. If I wouldn't have rambled so long, we could have probably covered it. I don't feel it like that. It, 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 everything came out how it was meant to. Like, I, I, I'm still shocked at what was actually yeah. come out of this. Uh, it is. Crazy, crazy. But yeah, I think it will make the announcement that uh, oh, incredible. Let everybody hears about what we've got to say. Yeah. Uh, yes, mate. Right. You really have no in my brain tonight. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it. Oh, that. mate, it's an honor, as always. Um, do you want to let everybody know whether you get old? Everybody knows, mate, but you know, you know the dance. Yeah, I mean, same thing as always. The best place to find me is uh, on Twitter, really, at Lux Rising, uh, L U X A E T H, uh, on Twitter. And uh, you can find links to my speaker there and um, other accounts. So give it a look and thanks for listening. Nice one, mate. Uh, right, I want to stop recording now, but thanks again, Lux. Uh, you really are a legend, mate. Thank you, my friend. I will. You as well. 
it's an honour. One minute, mate. I'll stop recording now. I love you. Love you too, man. <laughs> Bye. six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face. The blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes.